What's up, everyone, and welcome to our first Star Wars Rebels rewatch episode. We are going to do this a little differently than we did for the Clone Wars. Instead of doing this for 77 weeks straight, <laughs> well, not straight, uh, but like scattered out over the course of several years, we're going to do this by season. One season at a time. Yeah. We are four weeks away from the premiere of Ahsoka, four weeks or so, and so we're going to watch one season and talk about one season every single week until Ahsoka is here. I think we can handle that. Yeah. I'm feeling confident now, <laughs> uh, but I think we can do it. And uh, I, I really wanted to do this just to get ready for Ahsoka because we haven't watched Star Wars Rebels since it premiered. Yeah. I. It, it felt almost like a brand new show for me because I didn't remember so much of season one. And that's really what I want to talk about today to start things is we'll talk about season one, but also kind of our introduction to the show and how it's changed over the past eight years. And I, I should clear up that we have watched like episodes of Rebels here or there. Uh, I've watched Twilight or The Apprentice a lot and World Between Worlds, like, you know, the standout episodes I've seen many times. I did watch all the Bo-Katan episodes right. in Clone Wars and Rebels for her popping up in Mandalorian. Yeah, there were lots of reasons for us to revisit the series, and I feel very familiar with it. But just as a let's sit down from start to finish and rewatch the series, we haven't done it since it ended uh, with season four. So I think a good way to start this discussion is with our initial impressions of the series. It, it started in 2014, which was after the Disney acquisition, obviously, but before we had even started the channel. So uh, we did not start watching this on like day one. Um, I think it was while season one was wrapping up that I kind of begrudgingly decided to watch it. <laughs> I probably didn't even watch it then. You you joined me about halfway through the season, as far as I can recall. Yeah, because I don't remember starting it at all, to be honest. Like, I, I think I remember, like, uh, Ezra's hair change when, whenever that happened. <laughs> that doesn't happen until season three. Yeah, that, that might be closer to when I started joining you to watch and then... At some point, I might have started it over from the beginning. I'm pretty sure you started watching, like, alongside me before season two. And, like, I, I guess we need to talk about our introduction to Star Wars animation, because I did watch the, the Clone Wars micro-series in the build-up to Revenge of the Sith, but other than that, like, I didn't watch droids or Ewoks or anything. That was before our time. And then the Clone Wars... I would say I just missed the boat on that because it started and I was in college and uh, we we were just focused on different things. Yeah, I don't think I watched anything Star Wars animated. Yeah, that I mean, and I hadn't except for the micro series. So people always seem surprised by that, even though we've talked about this a lot. But I like Clone Wars was coming out and I was in my early 20s and I was kind of like eh, Star Wars cartoon like eh, don't think it's for me uh, I remember occasionally kind of checking in to see what was happening and being like Darth Maul's back that's weird <laughs> uh, I, I vaguely knew who Ahsoka was and I think I was like Anakin had an apprentice that's weird mm. like 
but I, I didn't have any hard opinions on the show because I wasn't watching it. And I was just like, it's Star Wars for kids. And <laughs> it's like I I had a, a bad attitude about it, but I think I had a far worse attitude about Rebels. Mm. Like I remember having the thought of like now I look back and I shake my head at myself, but I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what we're going to get when Disney owns Star Wars. Oof. Like I saw the art style. And I was just like, I don't like that. I mean, to be fair, the art style takes some getting used to. It's not my favorite, but I don't know. It, de it depends on the character and what I'm looking at. If I prefer the Rebels art style to Clone Wars or any other art style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. That it definitely, it it's distinct from the Clone Wars. And again, I wasn't really comparing it to the Clone Wars because... I had seen that animation style, didn't have a problem with it, but I think I just had that thought of like, ah, oh, this is still like, this is Star Wars for kids right. and it's not for me. And I was kind of like, meh about it. So first impressions, not great, right? but let's move on. Yeah, not great, <laughs> but also ill-informed. So I think that as we were starting the channel, it was in 2015 and it took a while, but I was just like, you know, I, I think that I need to keep up with this and I, I should keep up. I was committing to reading all the books and the comics and I'm like, why am I not at least giving this a shot? Mm -hmm. And so I remember starting it and it took me now I know which episode it was. I think it was episode five where I was like, huh, this is not what I thought it was. The earlier ones fight or flight where they're going after fruit and stuff uh it was a little bit like okay not really for me but i wasn't hating it but when the grand inquisitor showed up i remember that moment clicking and being like oh <laughs> this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah um a lot of season one has to do with kanan deciding if he is going to go through with training Ezra just as much as it is Ezra deciding to like join this group of rebels which I really liked to see their relationship grow because it wasn't as much about bringing Ezra in it was more about like everybody else accepting him into their lives and like how do how are we all going to work together now and just seeing as or seeing Kanan's side of things seeing him struggle a little bit uh the episode with the Luinara mummy. Yeah, that's episode five. Which is kind of creepy. Uh, that's a cool episode because, you know, you see him kind of waver a little bit and be like, oh, thank goodness. You know, a real master is mm -hmm. here to train this Padawan. Yeah, that's such a good conflict for them because he isn't like, oh, I don't want to train Ezra. He's just thinking Ezra deserves a better teacher. Yeah. And Ezra's over here like, he doesn't like me. <laughs> uh, that that was a good emotional conflict for them. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm just really finding that this era of Jedi is so interesting. Like, now that we've had a few more, because, again, back then I was like, oh, wait, there's Jedi after Order 66. And, you know, I was very much like, but Yoda said that Luke would be the last one, so I guess these characters are going to die. And just being very cynical about all that. Uh, but now we've met some more and more in like Cal Kestis and just seeing these Padawan survivors 
after Order 66 and them struggling with like, what does it mean to be a Jedi if the Order's not around? And how do I navigate this galaxy where they never fully finished their training has been really interesting. And Kanan has the added problem and burden of having to teach Ezra when he's like, I don't feel fully prepared. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what were your overall thoughts? And maybe you don't remember... Because I do think... I don't. From your... I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that you started watching it uh, as I was going through. I remember you would come in and like see what was happening and you'd be like, how is it? And I'd be like, it's getting better. And another kind of turning point was the Grand Moff Tarkin episode where I was like, it's getting a lot better. Uh, so you don't really recall any initial reactions to season one? Well, I will say... Of course, I have always been a Star Wars fan. However, at the time, I hadn't really become part of this channel. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like doing other things. I had my own job. Uh, so I was kind of like off on the sidelines, kind of like peeking in every once in a while. Just my curiosity was, was peaked a little bit. But overall, I was just kind of like, I don't need to watch this. Well, here's I, I which I, I was so wrong. Yeah, and I think that, or I know that you came into the show and started watching it before season two because I remember both of us excitedly watching down, sitting down to watch the Siege of Lothal, and then watching it a couple days later with our nephew, uh, who had watched the Clone Wars and was just like, "Where's Anakin?" and Darth Vader was flying around, and we were like, "Because <laughs> he didn't know." Uh, <laughs> But I do know that by the time season one, season two came out, you were on board. I was fully on board. Like we were excited for season two. Mm -hmm. So I know that my attitude shifted dramatically uh, over the course of that first season. And I've said it many times before, but I think Star Wars Rebels really helped shift the kind of fan that I was where I was just like, even though I, it was begrudging, I was like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to keep an open mind. And I know it's not for me, but maybe I'll like it. And yeah, season one was not for me. Like, it wasn't made for me, but I still, by the end of it, was like, I get it. And I'm on board. Mm -hmm. And it is fun. And yeah, kind of rewatching it now and looking back over the past eight years, is I hadn't expected to be like introspective <laughs> of just how, how the channel has changed, how we have changed. Uh, but it's true. Like this was one of the first things that we really dove into in 2015 when the channel had been just begun. Mm -hmm. So, and again, that was like mostly you doing it, mm -hmm. and I was kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> but then you were just watching it to watch it with me. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I I don't remember exactly when you started to like hop on the Q and As and stuff, but it was probably. In part, thanks to Star Wars Rebels, where you're like, well, I watched it. I have things to say. Yeah, I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into now the rewatch. And I guess we've already started to talk about it. But how has watching all of season one landed for you now? Uh, it feels completely different now. Like, I love this show. And I think part of it is also... Coming down from our insanely long-winded uh, Clone Wars rewatch that we took way too long to watch, I probably would have 
enjoyed Clone Wars more had we been able to just sit down and watch them for fun and not space them out so, so much. But for this rewatch, being able to sit down and kind of like really take it in, we watched season one over the course of a couple of different days. Yeah, maybe about four days, four, four sessions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just being able to really pay attention. I know these characters' backstories already, so I'm really paying attention to the story and the connections with everybody. And like, it's getting me so excited for Ahsoka. But yeah, it, it's making me fall in love with this show and the characters like exponentially and i think it's good to point out just knowing who these characters are and being familiar it's one of those things where watching new star wars stuff or new franchise stuff at all uh you kind of watch it the first time and at least in my case i think i am a little more critical and i don't want to be that way but when i i i think i was when i watched season one and now yeah, knowing what the show is, knowing the characters, knowing what it's trying to say, uh, like rewatching season one, I was just like, oh, wow, that ties directly thematically into the series finale. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in season one. They're very clear about the messages of this story from the start and yeah some of the episodes are just fun and goofy and zeb and ezra are going to be off stealing fruit and a tie fighter Mm -hmm. but when i started this rewatch i was like okay i know the first few episodes are like kind of we'll just get through it like i still had a bit of a bad attitude (laughs) and then starting i think that's just you about anything i don't think so (laughs) when we because when we started it i was like these are fun. Like they, they were not how I remembered them at all. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated the Zeb and Ezra relationship more this time around of just seeing them bicker and fight and like Ezra's riding chopper and hitting him with a wrench. And I was laughing at it. And I was, I think the first time around, I was a little more just like, this is for kids and like <laughs> being upset about it. And yeah. that's just not my attitude anymore. I mean, it's been a long time. It's been several years. I feel like we've really grown as people too. We we have a lot of friends who have, you know, started families. And so the family dynamic of the characters in this story, I think is what really makes it different. And it it allows you to connect with them a little bit easier because it feels like more of a modern take on family like the siblings are fighting and you know the parents are like making jokes about it and they're just being kind of playful about it so it it feels like a more modern family I don't want to keep saying modern family because (laughs) then it makes me think of the show uh but anyways Star Wars is all about found family that is absolutely the heart of this show as well and just how they connect with each other and how playful it is makes it really, really fun to watch. Uh-huh. It, I wanted to bring up the same thing that Star Wars has always included found family in its themes, but Rebels feels like the ultimate expression of that, where it's all these different people from different walks of life and they're all coming together and they're working towards the same goal. They bicker a lot. Uh, I, I, just didn't think I picked up on the 
Zeb, Ezra, Chopper, like they're all just brothers yeah. dynamic so much. And uh, Kanan and Hera, like she literally says, make mom and dad proud at one point where mm-hmm. I remember making jokes about Hera being the team mom, but like sh- that's how she views herself too. Yeah. And like Sabine, I think is is like the older sister who is really close with the mom, but also is there to like be playful, but also keep the boys in check. Yeah. And it's interesting watching the show after getting through Bad Batch so far, because there's a lot of similarities. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm realizing just, you know, when Rebels first came out, it was really the first time we were seeing this close knit family unit in mm-hmm. Star Wars. And that it's just interesting to compare it to what we've seen so far in Bad Batch. And I, I that's another thing of just we've had eight additional years of Star Wars storytelling that's come out. And we had not watched the Clone Wars when we watched Star Wars Rebels season one. I knew kind of who Ahsoka was. I knew that she was Anakin's apprentice. But I was like, we obviously need to go watch all of this now after she revealed herself as Fulcrum. So then we watched all of the Clone Wars and obviously we've had the Bad Batch, two seasons of that now. So all this extra Star Wars animation and then going back to watch Rebels and I'm like, obviously all of the Ahsoka teases and the the final reveal of the the secret who is Fulcrum. I'm like, now I'm like, I think I would have figured it out <laughs> uh, even if I had... If I had seen the Clone Wars, I think I would have figured it out. I had no idea what was going on or what that symbol was uh, for Fulcrum Mm -hmm. the first time I watched it. But it's so rewarding to see all of these different connections. Um, Kanan is interrogated by the Grand Inquisitor about his Order 66 experiment and talking about Depa Balaba and what were her last words to you, run. And then we got to see that in the Bad Batch. I'm like, oh, gosh, there's so much extra stuff that you get to put into Star Wars Rebels now. Mm-hmm. So now as we go back through our rewatch, uh, maybe did you have a favorite episode before? You might not have uh, before the rewatch. And what is your favorite episode now? Before the rewatch, it was probably the finale because it's so action packed and so much happens and we, we get some closure with the Grand Inquisitor and all that. But I really, really like Empire Day. And just being able to see Ezra talk about his parents and he really struggles with just talking to everybody else about what that relationship looked like. And then he starts to get afraid, you know, if if they are this little rebel cell, the more they speak out, the more it's going to remind him of his parents. And that just like brings up a lot of trauma for him. And it was interesting to see him work through that. Um, oh, you're kind of combining and, two episodes because sure. there's Empire Day and but, but you're you're talking about an episode that I also want to talk about, so that's good. Yeah, and then uh, the Rodian guy that they find, Sibo. Sibo, what a tragic character! <laughs> I don't remember that character being so sad, but it, I guess it just caught me off guard because I was like, this is so depressing. What happened to him? I completely agree. I remembered the hunt for a Rodian, but I couldn't remember his importance. I did not remember his relationship to Ezra, mm-hmm. that he was a friend of his parents, 
that like didn't help them when he maybe could have when they were taken away Mm -hmm. and then he didn't take care of Ezra afterwards and then he felt bad about that and like went and got cybernetic uh, enhancements so he could steal Imperial uh, secrets and, and try to make up for what he did and they have like that telepathic moments of forgiveness yeah which yeah that was uh really sad um my favorite episode before this i would have probably said rise of the old masters which is the one with the luminara unduly yeah uh, that one's good too i already talked about it but it's a great canaan episode yeah i think that was my first favorite episode uh but on the rewatch i gotta go with path of the jedi which is the first one in the Lothal Temple. And also we the first one with Yoda, it foreshadows mm-hmm. the world between worlds, mm-hmm. but it also really builds off of the Clone Wars, again, which is stuff that I, I just would not have understood back in 2015. But this time we see it, and it's like this is Ezra's gathering. He is facing his fears, and he finds a kyber crystal, or maybe Yoda gives it to him at the end, uh, and we also see Yoda communicating with Ezra, and we see the floating lights, just like Qui-Gon communicated with uh, Yoda in the Clone Wars Season 6 arc. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like doing a lot of connectivity, some weird Force stuff, but also it, it's a great character episode for both Ezra and Kanan. Yeah, that one is a really good one, too. That, uh, that Lothal Temple is is wild like i can't imagine spending any extended amount of time in that temple and having to like deal with all those visions and stuff i don't know if that's what it was like for everybody else but i mean i i guess it's like another version of the dark side cave or or ilum like we do know that there were ilum wasn't the only place to go for your gathering it wasn't the only place to find a kyber crystal Mm -hmm. and uh some fun like connective tissue the servants of the empire series of books by jason fry those were ties tied in with rebels uh following the character of zara leonis which i I thought that was really fun reading those alongside the series back in 2015 but yeah they they kind of hint that there are lots of kyber crystals in lothal and that it might be a more important planet than everyone thinks Mm. and the fact that that temple keeps coming back over the course of the series like yeah the temple episodes i remember always being a highlight of every season yeah i love that moment when ezra sees kanan come in after him Mm. for the first time and he's like oh come on like have some faith and you can see the this vision of Kanan getting frustrated with Ezra and that's when you're kind of like okay I see what we're gonna do here well I I love Ezra's visions in those episodes because he knows their visions but also is confused like they're so real that he's like wait I'm not on the ghost am I like this can't be happening but just everything is so real and it, it also adds context to any time anyone else sees a force vision like luke in the hut in the last jedi we know he's seeing something but we don't know what exactly he describes it but to know that like he is experiencing it as viscerally as ezra is uh i I just think that adds a lot to that moment Mm, yeah but yeah love that episode and then you were also kind of talking about 
call to action, which is the Grand Moff Tarkin episode, his first one, which is great. And uh, love seeing him come in because that was another point on my first watch that when he starts to have the Inquisitor execute people, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is not as childish as I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone knows just how evil Tarkin is. So like anytime he pops up, things get a little more serious. It's it's such a good first scene with him where he, he shows up and he puts everyone in, in their place he's like minister tua you suck agent callus <laughs> you suck grand inquisitor like and he's so snarky with the grand inquisitor oh yeah he's like wouldn't it be nice if we had jedi hunters <laughs> yeah yeah i hear there's a, a jedi problem here it sure would be nice if we had someone whose only job was to take care of that <laughs> <laughs> and even the inquisitor's like mm, he got me <laughs> Roasted, roasted, roasted. That's he, what Grand Moff Tarkin does. The library was open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was reading all of them. Just, yeah. The library is open. <laughs> uh, but the the whole point of that episode is just for Ezra and the others to get a message out to everyone in the outer rim, and I, I love that moment. And it plays into what you were talking about of Ezra. They they get that chance, and Ezra's like maybe we shouldn't like he is afraid of speaking up and that that might lead to him losing his new family mm-hmm. and Hera and Kanan are very much supportive understanding and then encouraging of him going through with it yeah and then he does <laughs> lose some of his family and still goes through with the message and I, I remember everyone when Andor was on being like these shows take place at the same time season one while while Andor is uh, being tortured tortured in an Arkina 5 prison. Ezra and Zeb are stealing fruit. Uh, <laughs> but it is chronologically the same thing. So maybe we would hear Ezra's speech. And I do think it would be really cool if there was a reference to it in season two or something. Yeah, I um, do too. Yeah, because it, it's, a, it's a big moment for the rebellion. Yeah, like the whole uh, last bit of season one of Rebels and like when they're starting to realize that they are a rebel cell and that there are more out there. Like, that's such a great moment where they're like, what we're doing does matter. It is making a difference. There are other people out there that are listening. We can do this. And, and we're, that's a great segue into one of the next things I wanted to talk about is just favorite moments overall. And yeah, the end of season one, the rescue with Bail Organa and Ahsoka and Ezra being like, Wait, we're a cell? Did you know we're a cell? Yeah, I love that moment. <laughs> Just the idea that, yeah, they're not alone. There are a bunch of different rebels around the galaxy. And Tarkin straight up says in Call to Action, like, the biggest danger is them uniting. We want to keep them separated and divided. Yeah. Uh, and seeing that start to fall apart and for the Empire, but it starts to come together for the Rebellion is really cool. Yeah, you see the the whole group, you know, they're they're really struggling towards this this end battle, but by the end of it, they're all filled with hope again. They're all, you know, their hope is restored. They know they are known as a rebel cell. I think that's just like really cute and nice to point out that they're like, "Did you know that? We're we're a thing." Uh Hera has a moment where she's like, "There are others, other cells." And so like they just the way they all come together at the end is just really nice to see. Like everybody's just 
renewed with a sense of hope. And that's always fun. And it's good because I think that Star Wars Rebels has set kind of a model for Star Wars television. Not every series has followed this same aspect, but it does start smaller. It's Mm -hmm. focused on just this group of characters and you don't know any of them. And R2-D2 and C-3PO are going (laughs) to appear for a second, uh, but they're going to go back out. For the most part, you got to get to know these new characters. And then in season two, the galaxy opens up a little more and a little more and a little and like the Mandalorian did the same thing Mm -hmm. where there's familiar elements. But for the most part, we're just spending time with brand new characters. And then in season two, Mm. (laughs) we pull in a lot of familiar stuff. Yeah. I also quickly wanted to mention Kanan had a really adorable moment in the finale, too. I can't remember if it was the final episode or uh, whichever one he was fighting the Inquisitor, but when he is using his lightsaber and Ezra's lightsaber and gets so excited by the little, like, blaster part, and Ezra sees him and is, like, talking to Hera, and he says something like, oh, he's more than good, or he's more than okay. Like, he sees Kanan just thriving, like, having kind of fun (laughs) fighting. Oh, it's such a good moment because that's another... Uh, just statement of theme and fear of Kanan thinks he loses Ezra Mm -hmm. and uh, he tells the Grand Inquisitor like oh you shouldn't have done that and Grand Inquisitor's like why because you have nothing left to lose he's like no I have nothing left to fear and like he is his fear is also losing Ezra like this whole family just they don't want to lose one another but it it seems like it's going to be this moment of revenge and it's like instead no, you just got rid of my fear, so now I've unlocked my true potential. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he kicks major butt. <laughs> uh, and, and I also do love that moment where he's fighting with Ezra's lightsaber and Ezra's fighting with Kanan's, mm-hmm. like, because they have been teaching one another through the whole season. Yeah. I think that's a, a cool moment. Um, for something smaller that I wanted to bring up, I love, it's in the second to last episode, I think, where they have to put chopper in undercover and they take the imperial droid and the imperial droid is very helpful throughout the episode so then at the end chopper pushes him out of the ghost (laughs) i remember savage i remember laughing very hard at that uh that that was just another turning point moment for me where i was like okay the i i went from going like ah this show's not for me to by the end of the season i was like it is for me i just have to like be open to it. That poor little droid basically faints at the sight of Zeb. Yeah. Too. Like, <laughs> so scared. The way that they make you sympathetic with that little Imperial droid is so funny. And then it's like helpful. It's putting literally putting out fires on the ghost. And Zeb's <laughs> like, I like him. Yeah. We should keep him. And Chopper's so jealous that he just, boom. Chopper too, like while he's undercover and he's on the the imperial ship he is just doing his business and messing everything up for them and they're like wait a second this little droid's malfunctioning and he's just like he basically gives them the middle finger and leaves (laughs) yeah like i i mean they can't understand him i assume but he's probably just talking so much s to them the whole like just insulting them and just yeah plugging into their thing his antenna goes up and he's like i'm just beaming out your secrets yeah (laughs) and they're like huh 
this droid doesn't look regulation. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write this one down, but that reminds me of the painted TIE fighter when it comes into the hangar bay, yeah. the Star Destroyer, and the stormtroopers are like, that's not regulation. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Anytime a stormtrooper gets to be a little bit human, it's always a little funny. And mm-hmm. then they get shot anyway. But, yeah. You know, this season was more violent than I recalled it being. You know what I think that is, though? I think after watching Bad Batch and seeing so many uses of the, the stun, right? it feels like going back and seeing anyone uh, in uniform or not in uniform shot with a blaster, it makes it sting just a little bit more. Uh, it's just, yeah, watching Bad Batch, and I know why, because the clones don't want to shoot other clones especially when they know under the chip yeah they understand so they're like we're not going to run around murdering our brothers if we don't have to but i think i just took that and i was like well rebels did the same thing and maybe they do in later seasons i don't remember but watching season one i was like oh they're really just shooting every (laughs) stormtrooper and it could also be you know we see the cadets Earlier in the season, we see Ezra undercover with the cadets as they're training. And so just knowing a little bit more about how that process works and what it looks like, seeing stormtroopers get shot in cold blood is a little harder to see. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we've known that stormtroopers are conscripted sometimes, like they're not all volunteers. So yeah, there, there is a level of that as well. But they are stormtroopers. And For the most part, the ones in the... None of them seem like conscripts. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, to see them being trained as kids is a little like, ah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's another good segue. Is there anything in this season that didn't work for you, that you you struggled with? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to use the cop-out answer and say no, because even I like the fruit episode. (laughs) And you also, we were discussing, uh, I know a lot of people push back against the skinny lightsabers of this And I like the skinny lightsabers. I don't know what it is about it. I think it just reminds me more of the concept art. And uh, there's a lot of instances where they will use designs from straight from concept art in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Lando's droid was very similar to... Threepia's original concept art. All over the place. Like General Skywalker, his original design is used here. I think yeah. Minister to uh Starkiller. Uh or yeah. Um Lothal itself is Macquarie. The TIE fighters look a little stumpier, which okay. it, I, I say sometimes <laughs> the art style works for me and sometimes it doesn't. And the, the yeah. stumpy TIE fighters. I will not say so I don't okay, I, I want to mention one thing that I guess didn't work for me, and it is just some elements of the art style. Something about the stormtrooper armor and the helmets look a little too like round mm. and kind of derpy at times. I don't have any better word other than that at this moment in time. <laughs> but... I wonder if that was just a uh, them trying to make it distinct from the Clone Wars, which I, I would say is a little more angular and sharp. Yeah. But like, look at Dooku's face alone, and <laughs> yeah. And like at at sometimes when you get a real close up shot of someone, the skin texture is like really really like speckly, and I was I just like never understood why it looked like that. But yeah, maybe that doesn't bug me. It it didn't really bug me that much, but 
there's just like some points where the art style looks a little silly. Yeah, I I was going to say that I think the things that sometimes don't work for me are just stylistic choices. For example, the fighting, everything just seems a little bit floatier, a little lighter. (laughs) To be nerdy on another level, it reminds me of the the transition from Super Smash Bros. Melee into Brawl. (laughs) Uh-huh. where like you just jump around and you'd spend a little too much time in the air and they kind of do the same thing in rebels where the grand inquisitor will jump up and kick kanan three times and then kanan like jumps up and kicks and kind of pauses in the air and kicks again and it's just stylistic choices sabine is also flipping all over the place like i don't think that they would do any of that same stuff in live action it's just how they choose to present it in this animated series. But sometimes I'm like, that's a little much. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Well, we're going to wrap up our conversation here. I do have two more things that I want to talk about. One of them is very quick. I figured just every season we should update everyone on the chopper kill count. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a guess of how many? I can't remember if I already told you the number, but I I thought... Were we including like other droids? I think so. I think you have to. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. And just for, just for season one kill count, I'm going to guess six. Very close. Mm. Seven. Six stormtroopers and one droid. Which I suppose the droid could be, not that droid. Yeah. Because that one's okay. Right. He, but he does zap another droid that passes out. I remember that one too. (laughs) It, It might be fixable. So we could six or seven, but that looked like a, a kill to me. Yeah. Um, he definitely kills four stormtroopers. That's his biggest. Oh yeah, out at, at the, one time when he like um, opens the airlock. Yeah, airlocks them. Now I will say that that's just him trying to escape. Those stormtroopers were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but I think he would have done it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he can only use that excuse so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrong place, I'm wrong sure time. That's what Again, he told chopper. <laughs> Also, just to, like that moment, it, it's the same undercover episode. And then when he's like flying out into space and the ghost like opens up its hatch to catch him, <laughs> absorb him. I love yeah. that moment. Yeah. Chopper is so unique in his expressions. He sighs or groans in, in droid in a few episodes, which is just really adorable. He talks back so much to everyone He's just living his best life. I do love Chopper. I I think that from the get-go watching the series, I was like, this is an interesting droid. And very quickly, I really liked him. Oh, I should have worn my Chopper shirt that says committed to chaos. Oh, (laughs) I should have worn my child's Chopper costume that I, (laughs) it's supposed to be a full body thing, but I've worn it just as a shirt at Dragon Con before. (laughs) Maybe next time. Now now it makes me want to get a Chopper tattoo. Mm, Yeah, I do love Chopper and I'm very excited to see him in Ahsoka, which... Final segue, what has watching season one uh, gotten you hyped for in Ahsoka, since obviously there will be some strong connections? Um, I think it's just gotten me more excited for seeing Ezra and Sabine again. You know, we see a lot of Ahsoka in a lot of different things. I'm not, I'm definitely not complaining that we see, (laughs) do you see that bug? Yeah, I did. (laughs) a bug trying to attack me (laughs) we've seen ahsoka and a lot of stuff ezra is an interesting character for me because when we first started our rewatch of season one i was like i don't like this kid 
I don't remember disliking him like this. And then I quickly, you know, grew to love him and seeing his relationship with all the rest of them kind of blossom over the course of season one. So now I'm excited for that feeling towards Ezra to like get better and better and then for me to care a lot more about him going into Ahsoka. Yeah, I'm excited about Ezra too. I feel like I was more ambivalent about him in the first season. I think I was mostly not concerned with just focused on Kanan of like the idea of a Jedi survivor and he was the first big one I would say in like the new Disney canon and me like kind of crossing my arms and being like well Yoda said uh, so I was really interested in that but I never disliked Ezra I know some people really disliked him and some people really love him and I feel like I was right in the middle the whole time but I have just been paying far more attention this time around than I did in 2015. Like I just Mm. take in star Wars content differently. And so watching him back in these early episodes, I was like, okay, I totally see where his art goes and how they get there. And I already am liking him more. So I think I might come out of this being like, I love Ezra. I can't wait to see him again. Yeah, it makes you just really care about the situation as a whole more. And the fact that Ezra is lost and has been lost for however long, you know, you're caring. We're going into Ahsoka caring a lot more about the stakes of finding him Mm. and what those characters are willing to do to find him. Yeah. And like Sabine, I mentioned because I, I didn't remember a whole lot about her character arc from Rebels either. But now, you know, we've gotten... Uh, three seasons of the Mandalorian we've gotten to know where the Mandalorians are at and all this and I'm just curious of what she's been doing does she know about Mandalore does she does she keep in touch with any of the other Mandalorians like I just I want I want to know what she's been up to and again like her story changes a lot through the course of the show and she is like Ezra's big sister. Yeah, and the, it's interesting that he like starts with a bit of a crush on her, yeah. but it, that that fades into just friendship yeah. pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, Sabine is another character that I can see early on, like where her arc goes with like the trials of the dark saber, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're planting seeds very early on, and I, that that's been just so fun, even within the season itself. They reveal the painted TIE fighter at the end, and there's an episode somewhere in the middle of the season where Ezra comes running up to the ghost, and Kanan's like, where were you? We're supposed to train. And he's like, I was doing something with Sabine. Mm -hmm. He was painting the TIE fighter, and just like being able to catch stuff like that on a rewatch has been very enjoyable and rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, One other thing I'm hyped about for Ahsoka is just, we've talked about him a lot the past few minutes, but Chopper in live action. I just keep thinking about that shot of the trailer where he's in the little astromech droid slot, I think in the Phantom 2, and he's just like freaking out in the middle of a space (laughs) battle. I'm like, I can't wait to see him again. I hope Dave Filoni voices him again. (laughs) I hope that you can still kind of assume what he's saying based off of the syllables i'm sure that's gonna be the case i really want that to be consistent i know not everything will be consistent yeah i hope that stays i mean honestly like seeing all these characters in live action Hera too like i Hera is one that i loved 
from the first time we watched the show and I, like my love just continues to grow for her as we do this rewatch so of course I'm excited still f- to, to see her pop up in live action too but like I just don't remember loving Ezra and Sabine as much but mm. like now I'm I'm really getting attached to them yeah I, I remember liking Sabine a lot by the end of season four but yeah I, I, I'm hopeful and optimistic that by the end of our rewatch Ezra's gonna be higher up on my list yeah but yeah, that will do it for our season one rewatch discussion podcast, whatever we're going to call this. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week to talk about season two, uh, which is a longer season. So we've got more to watch. We'll have to. I'll have to take some notes. Yeah. we. <laughs> well, season two is just more involved in general. Like I, I remember that being a significant jump in enjoyment for me, but also I didn't have any preconceived notions or bad attitudes going into it like i said i remember we sat down when the siege of lothal came out and we were like let's go star wars rebels let's watch this thing and it's wild to think about how many just great fan moments this series has brought me over the years when i just had such a snotty attitude towards it at the beginning so season two gets into some ahsoka vader stuff Mm -hmm. which is really exciting we get a little taste of it uh of the just the two characters by themselves the end of season one so that is definitely something to look forward to for our season two discussion well that'll do it for us i'm excited to talk season two we'll be back next week so thank all of you for watching this video or listening to it if you're in the podcast form uh if you haven't already please like this video or podcast (laughs) give us a five-star rating on whatever you listen to podcasts yeah i don't think we've ever asked for that yeah (laughs) apple Podcasts, spotify i think we're on all the all the major ones yeah yeah like this video rate the podcast (laughs) follow us leave a comment down below of your favorite or least favorite moments from season one yeah that's a good idea uh follow us on tiktok twitter or threads or whatever is out at this point in time yeah we're on threads (laughs) oh boy yeah whatever (laughs) whatever exists now instagram wait okay instagram twitter we're still on twitter until it i'll ride that ship till it crashes and burns uh threads tiktok facebook those are the big ones okay for now. For now. We're filming this a few weeks before this comes out, so the internet might have exploded by then. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah, we're, we're not on Mastodon or Blue, Blue Ski or whatever that one is. <laughs> this has been our Blue's longest <laughs> outro of all time. Yeah, follow us on Blue Skoos. <laughs> uh, how do I end this? As always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.